Have you ever felt like the world's problems are just too big to fix, that you can't make any impact or any difference to them? You're listening to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 345. In today's devotion, how you can make a difference. We see that we can cry out to God for good, and we can see that God overcomes evil with good. But how do we do that? Well, our Bible passages show us how we can cry out to God and see him overcome evil using us. In an interview in Time magazine, the great Swiss theologian Karl Barth recounted that he advised young theologians to take your Bible and take your newspaper and read both, but interpret newspapers from your Bible. When we read, watch, or listen to the news, it could be easy to get depressed. It sometimes seems that evil is triumphing over good. The plans of the wicked seem to succeed, while others are subject to the ravages of terrorism, war, poverty, and injustice. This is why we desperately need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and listen to the Word of God. As we study the Scriptures, we see the triumph of good over evil. In each of the passages for today, we see that evil will not ultimately triumph. At the end of the day, good wins. Furthermore, in this struggle between good and evil, you can make a difference. From Psalm 140. I say to the Lord, you are my God. Hear, Lord, my cry for mercy. Sovereign Lord, My strong deliverer, you shield my head in the day of battle. Do not grant the wicked their desires, Lord. Do not let their plans succeed. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Surely the righteous will praise your name and the upright will live in your presence. Cry out to God for good to triumph. In a world with so much injustice towards the poor and needy, God will secure justice for the poor and uphold the cause of the needy. We know ultimately that the righteous will praise God's name and the upright will live before him forever. David is surrounded by troublemakers. They are slanderers and people of violence. Some deal in physical blows, others deal in words. Both can be equally damaging. In the midst of this, David cries out, O Lord, do not let their plan succeed. He ends this psalm on a note of trust. I know that you, God, are on the side of victims, that you care for the rights of the poor, and I know that the righteous personally thank you, that good people are secure in your presence. Lord, I cry out, you are my God. Hear, O Lord, my cry for mercy. Do not let those who slander your name succeed. Thank you that you are our strong deliverer and our shield. New Testament from Revelation 2 and 3 To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, 
and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. I will also give that one the morning star. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. Be someone who overcomes evil with good. As we continue today to read Jesus' words to the seven churches, we see that the battle between good and evil is not something that occurs between the church and the world, but also inside the church itself. Jesus makes extraordinary and wonderful promises to those who overcome evil. First, live a holy life. The church in Tharatara is praised for its love, faith, service, perseverance, and personal growth. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. However, Jesus challenges the church about its so-called tolerance. Today, the word tolerance is regarded as one of the great virtues and only seen in a positive light. Tolerance is an extremely important quality, but there are limits to tolerance and some forms of tolerance are not good. Jesus criticizes the church in Tharatara for their tolerance of sexual immorality in the church. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. We live in a sex-saturated culture in which we are encouraged and expected to be sexually active and seek personal sexual fulfillment. The Bible has an extremely high view of sex, delighting in and encouraging it in the right context, that of a loving marriage. But anything beyond this, such as promiscuity or pornography, is exposed as destructive and unhelpful. We do not know what Jezebel's sexual immorality was, but these verses are a reminder of the importance of sexual purity. Jesus warns that unless they repent of Jezebel's ways, disaster will follow. The Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze, searches hearts and minds and will repay each according to their deeds. These aren't simply words of condemnation, as they're accompanied by a call to repentance. In fact, even Jezebel has been given a chance to repent. Where we have sinned sexually, it's so important to remember 
that we can be forgiven. Our response to passages like this should not be despair, but repentance and gratitude. The church is called to holiness. Jesus promises to those who overcome and do my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations, just as I have received authority from my Father. Jesus will share this authority with his faithful, overcoming people. You will also share his glory. I will also give them the morning star. If you turn your back on the darkness of sin, you will see the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. However great your current struggles in your battle for holiness, one day with this star, Jesus, you will remain absolutely and eternally content. Second, be authentic. Holiness does not mean being perfect. It means living a life of integrity. It's the opposite of hypocrisy. It means being real, honest, and authentic. The church in Sardis had a reputation for being alive, but was in fact dead. It looked active. It sounded like a good church to go to. Yet it had become complacent. Jesus calls them to repent. Remember, therefore, What you have received and heard, obey it and repent. The charge against Sardis is hypocrisy and inauthenticity. The call is to reality and authenticity. There were a few in the church who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with Jesus dressed in white for they are worthy. Again, Jesus makes amazing promises to those who overcome. Those who overcome will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out their names from the book of life, but will acknowledge their names before my Father and his angels. Lord, give me wisdom to know the limits of toleration. Help me to overcome sin in my own life. May I never become complacent about your great love. Help me to obey you and overcome evil with good. May my name be indelibly inscribed in the book of of life. Old Testament from Esther 1 and 2. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken into the king's palace. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Watch God turn the tables on evil. One person can make a difference. Esther was one of the saviors of the Jewish nation. She was an orphan. She was beautiful and charming. Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was obedient to her adopted parents. She continued to follow Mordecai's instruction, as she had done when he was bringing her up. Her call was so significant that it needed a long period of preparation. Esther is one of the two books in the Old Testament named after a woman, the other being Ruth. It's also one of the two books in the Old Testament that does not mention God by name, the other being the Song of Songs. It contains the account of the origin of the annual Jewish holiday and Feast of Purim. It is set during the reign of Xerxes, king of Persia. At about the age of 35, Xerxes inherited a massive empire which included modern-day Iran, Iraq, Egypt, and Ethiopia, as well as parts of India. The book of Esther 
is the account of a moment in the history of the Jewish people when they were able to turn the tables on those who wanted to destroy them. As Eugene Peterson writes, no matter how many of them you kill, you can't get rid of the communities of God-honoring, God-serving, God-worshipping people scattered all over the earth. This is still the final and definitive word. In the next few days, we will read more about Esther's extraordinary qualities. However, in today's passage, we see how God's hand was upon her. He was preparing the ground to use her to turn the tables and bring about the triumph of good over evil. Joyce Meyer writes, I believe that God has a great call and purpose for your life. As he did for Esther's, your assignment may not be the deliverance of a nation, but whatever God has called you to is extremely significant. Whatever it is, be diligent to embrace the preparation process it requires so that you will be well equipped when the time comes for you to act. Sovereign Lord, thank you that you are in ultimate control of my life and of history. Thank you that through Jesus, I am assured of the ultimate triumph of good over evil. Help me to make a difference in your plans to overcome evil with good. Pepper adds, The story of Esther is a fascinating story. I've often wondered why Queen Vasti refused to go to her husband the king. Whatever her reasons, good or bad, it didn't go well. And then all the men became nervous about losing control of their wives. There must be a better way of winning respect of their wives than issuing decrees from the husbands. Perhaps modelling some fruit of the spirit might have been more effective. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for a heart like Esther's. I pray that I can respond to the call of you on my life. Lord, help me today make a difference. Amen.